0: Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. It is October 17th. And this is your host for the Road to Wealth podcast. I am Justin Nackpill, And if you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast of many different money stories, some that included my own, as well as interviews with many others that are on the road to financial independence. And I really appreciate you tuning in. And just as an update for me, I have been doing a lot as far as content creation, meeting different folks online, and just kind of outlining a, a number of different episodes coming up in the in the next coming weeks. Also, I will be attending the Economy Conference that's going to be hosted at the University of Cincinnati in November, on November 13th and 14th, um, hosted by Diana Merriam. From OFD and uh, a number of different other, you know, financial independence people in the fire community. So I'm really excited. It's going to be my first conference, so I'm really excited. And if you're going, you know, please reach out to me. I would love to to meet you and you know maybe talk through some different money stuff, which would be awesome. On today's episode, I have Jesse from Almost Vested. He is an engineer by trade, uh, and a full time father and husband as well. And he's amassed a well over a 1.5 million dollar portfolio strictly in index funds, and it's been really good to connect with him over the the past couple months. He's been a friend online, and really love his story as far as how he began and how really a roommate triggered a lot of his wealth building tools and habits over the years. And you know, I'm just really proud of uh, of his progress and just. Him being able to come on this podcast to share his his strategy and it's it's really a simple one. There's nothing you know really crazy about it. And I love the fact that he just started at a very young age and has really amassed what he has now. So with that, um, I want to thank him and you know please go ahead and follow him on all his social. And if you again are new to the Road to Wealth podcast, you know feel free to leave a, a rating and review on your podcast player and w- where you find your podcast. It definitely helps me out. And you know, feel free to share it with a friend that really appreciates from um, me. So, without further ado, let me pass it on to my conversation with Jesse from Almost Vested. <music> Hello, everyone. This is Justin Nackpill again with the Road to Wealth Podcast. I have a fellow friend on the line calling in from the south. I got Jesse from Almost Vested. Man, how you doing, man? Hey,
1: what's up, Justin?
0: I'm good. I'm good. So, f- for those that don't know, uh, Jesse is. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at almost vested as well as on Instagram. But him and I have um, a similar background. We're both uh, young husbands, young fathers, and you know he has a great story to, to share. Um, and we're going to go through a few topics today. But uh, hopefully, I didn't badger anything, Jesse. Man, you know, feel free to you know if there's anything I left out about uh, your intro.
1: <laughs> oh no, man! It's like one of those deals where. I'm just a normal guy working a nine to five, Uh, took an interest in saving a bit of money and uh, taking care of my career. And I ended up with uh, more money than I thought I would have at 35 Uh, and uh, come to find out there's a lot of other people with common interests. So it's good to always talk and share and just look at what everybody's doing.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna get into it, everybody. I think the the unique thing about Jesse is that you know even at his you know thirty five years of age, at, at this young, he's amassed well over a seven figure net worth, and we're all still trying to navigate life through this period of time. But you know we're gonna be talking through a number of different topics, um, specifically around like uh, our our spending habits. So Jesse, I, w- I wanted to start with, you know, this whole concept of saving. I think that's where you know a lot of our our show brief came from. Uh, I'm curious like how you depict, you know, saving and just the overall distinction between that and investing. Yeah. How do you see I, that, man?
1: And I'll just start from like how we started having this conversation. So uh, a perfect example of this, I was in my neighborhood walking the dog. Uh, my neighbor stopped by and was just talking and he had just bought a new Tesla. And so like everybody, you know, he's telling me about it. You know, he's got uh, kids that were talking crap about his car. So he got a new car. He was like, you know what, Jesse's like the way I save money is, you know, this Tesla, it's two years old. I buy it, use two years, and then I pay cash for it. So I'm able to, you know, save so much money. I don't have to pay interest uh on a loan. I don't have to worry about any of that. I've saved money on the depreciation of the car. It was such a great deal. And like in my head, what I'm thinking is. I save money by putting my money in index funds, basically saying like saving money, you spent less. And I think that's the the concept that a lot of us, especially if you grew up middle class, uh, lower middle class, uh, on, I mean, you're taught how to manage your cash flow, but this concept of actually putting money in instruments that can help you grow your income is, is not talked about very often. Um, You understand, people understand savings accounts um, and how to get a good deal, but not how to grow their money. And I think that's one of the most important things, the most important thing to learn, uh, especially if you're trying to grow your net worth in the most efficient
0: way. And to give some people some context, Jesse, How did you learn that so early on? You know, you've obviously already hit that seven figure net worth, man. So take the the people through that.
1: Yeah. So for me, like my stair step through it, like I was fortunate enough, like when I graduated college, I didn't have a lot of debt and everything that I found when I graduated was speaking to college students that had debt. And so like, I was like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? Um, And I was fortunate to have a good paying job, no debt. Um, and so like I had made a, a deal with my college roommate where, I, where, he pretty much challenged me to try to save $20,000 in my first year of working. Cause I mean, when you're in college, you're living on what 12 grand a year. If that, I mean, you're living on nothing. So he's like, you know, you're getting this big bump in salary. You should be able to save 20 grand, just live the same as college. So my first year working that kind of started me on the path to saving, right? Actually legit saving. I did automatic uh deductions out of my paycheck straight into an online savings account. So that money was coming out and then the rest of it I just spent on whatever. Like I went to the club every weekend. I did like all the things, but I was saving every check. Then come like a year later, I got $20,000 in the bank account. I'm like, "Okay, Well, crap. I was like, well, if I do this for five years, I'll have a hundred thousand dollars. So like I ended up basically doing that. And I ended up probably with like 120, but this was all in the bank accounts. This is everything that, like, now if I could do it, I would have invested, but I didn't know how to invest at the time. Um, so meanwhile, you know, because I work for decent sized companies, my money was growing in my 401k. And so I was uh I hate to say forced to contribute, but it was happening automatically and I was watching that grow. Um, So then I started realizing like, hey, what if I just invest in these same funds that are in my retirement accounts in my, in a brokerage account, for instance. Um, So that's kind of what got me going. I, I built the discipline of saving regularly first, built a nest egg. And then I was like, okay, I feel confident enough in managing my money that I can now um, I can now start to put it in the market without worrying about selling. so that's that's what I did.
0: yeah, it's interesting that you know this roommate from college was kind of the spark, right? And you know not many people have that like you know everyone has this, they want to go out, they want to sp- spend money. um but you took a different route.
1: yeah, and I think uh you know, coming from my my background, like you know my parents didn't have a ton of money like I, I just come from a background uh, where, I mean, it's not like a ton of people were making six figures as I was growing up. So, you know, you come and out of school, if you're making 70 grand, 72 grand as a new engineer, and you're used to living on 15, like it's easy math for me. I'm like, bro, everybody I know is broke. I'm, I graduated at 21 in college. So, I mean, everybody was broke. So it's easy to do the same thing as everybody else and save a ton of money. So, um, And that's one thing from most people I talk to, because as you know, I share my net worth on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, you know, I I, I talk with people and I do think the one thing that's necessary and it's often glossed over in a lot of personal finance communities is you need that delta of uh, some type of windfall. And that windfall could be as simple as, you just got married, you live at your in-law's house to keep your cost of living low so you can save that money you spent on rent. Or it could be, like for me, it was going from college to getting a job and not increasing my lifestyle with that. Um, It could be house hacking, sharing rooms with roommates. So you are reducing your income so now you have money to invest. Like these are just different ways of optimizing your cash flow. So that you have some amount of money that's disposable, and now you take that, bam, and you can start building something for yourself.
0: Now, as a comparison, Jesse, you know you started really young coming out of college. How did how did your either friends or people within your network like? Did you notice their spending and and consumer behavior around you while you're, you were saving? This,
1: so this to be honest, and I think this is one of the things that like i had like not talked about it like most of my life until like i started almost vested so it's one of the deals where like uh, you know when you're young you're not that confident what you're doing so like i was doing this but i always felt weird for doing it um you know because like you don't get props for that like you don't get props for saving like you get props for having you know the nice car like i feel like when i lived in houston it's like bmws were just falling off of trees just everybody had a 745 it looked like so if you weren't driving that it's like that's what people wanted to see they wanted to see the nice new clothes um but we all see or what i noticed now that i'm 35 starting at 21 is all that stuff you like you end up just replacing it like it it's it doesn't grow with you it's not an asset essentially um and so I just, and I hate to say I looked into it, but the habits I had kind of built up and I didn't really talk to anybody about it. But then when I knew, I was like, well, people don't listen to you unless they know you got money or unless they know like whatever. So I was like, you know what? Like the biggest like uh, trophy that I have, and I hate to call it a trophy, but is that, hey, I have amassed this amount of portfolio and you can say you don't want to do what I'm doing, but I'm 35 with one and a half million dollars in index funds. So it's like, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Like I did, I didn't just do this just to do this, just to be cheap. Um, And especially now it, uh, it gives us so much more flexibility and security. Now that I'm married with a kid, another one on the way. And it's like, I didn't realize that doing all those things in my twenties would allow me This type of, uh, I don't know, more options. I guess in my thirties, and it's nice to be here. And and so, I just would like to share with others what my journey was, so that you know they they can at least get on the path. You know the the numbers, the net worth numbers, uh, they'll be what they be. Like it's compound interest. Your return will be the market return. But if you build good habits, you'll be able to to grow your net worth.
0: Yeah, you know, I I want the people to listen. I mean, in in Jesse's you know thirty five years of of young age, I mean, a third of his period of life was spent putting these disciplines and automation in place, and his his net worth is above that one point five million. It you know, I tweeted the other day, just like I think the average net worth for us as older millennials is like seventy six thousand. Yeah, it's like shocking that. You know, you, you made that piece around like how our demographic chose to save, and, and a lot of them, you know, had student loans. And I know we were, you know, you shared you you didn't have that misfortune, but um, it only took a third of your life to get to seven figures. I mean, like, has that really processed in your mind? Uh, no,
1: <laughs> no. I think, uh, man, and I think, uh, Mr. Money Mustache. Kind of talks about this. I, I think maybe Financial Samurai has talked about this. It's like when you're the type of person gravitated to the fire community, uh, you built these habits of saving money. Like to not do that is like not taking a shower. You know what I mean? Like you just don't do it. Like to not buy more index funds. It's like I don't know. It, it just like somebody slapped you in the face. Like it's very hard to think about not doing, um, or to not think about the economics of the tr- the financial transactions you're gonna do. It's crazy. Like it's, it's like uh, me and my wife talk about it all the time. Like we've gotten to the point. Um, and for my uh, budgeting system, I still use YNAB, uh, and I, I'm on the YNAB four. So I use the desktop version. I've been using it uh since 2013 probably i've been using ynab it's worked really well for me um, but with with having that system it's very hard for me to not do that and i end up planning my budget for pretty much the whole year cuz i know like i have you know some bonuses and things that come with my job that are variable income so like every december my wife and i will sit down we'll say like hey what are we doing next year? Are we gonna take a vacation? Are we not, are we like, how many times are we going to see the family? What are we doing for Christmas? Are we doing Christmas lights? Are we not doing Christmas lights? Like, what does that look like? And so then I kind of set it up in January, like what we're gonna be doing. And then from there, that's what we execute for the year. Um, and so it's nice cause it went from, you know, doing stuff like that monthly. And then once we knew our monthly habits, you kind of know it by the quarter then you learn it by the season then you're like oh i know what our habits are for the entire year and you can just like you manage it that way and so i think uh, yeah to your point of the importance of these habits uh getting them down getting them down at a young age i think i was just fortunate enough to to be building good habits from a place of, it it didn't necessarily come from a good place. It came from wanting financial security and partially being cheap. And I would say on the journey, I learned to be frugal, right? And to become more secure in my skills and ability to create income. So that's kind of like the shift that I have made in my, you know, in this this time period. It, It did really come from a position of being cheap. And I don't really recommend that. Uh, but I think from a place of growing your skills, uh, like what did I do? Like I'm an engineer, right? So I had a STEM degree in college, I think. Uh, but I was weird. My cousin tells me this to this day. When I went to college, I looked through my, uh, you know, course plan for my degree. I looked at all the classes that were only offered in certain semesters, made sure I had all the prereqs. And I had this planned out like from my freshman year. Like I did that walking into school. Uh, I would say my sophomore year, well, my freshman year of school, I started looking for internships. Sophomore year, I actually got those, but it's because I knew what I was missing in my freshman year. So I could join those organizations, figure out when the conferences were to start applying for jobs. And Bam, ended up getting internships, sophomore year, junior year and hired for my senior year. So that's what I did uh, as far as navigating the job market. It definitely wasn't like I waited till my senior year, showed up to a career fair and somebody just says, let me give you seventy thousand dollars. That's not how it happened. Um, and I think that level, because I've always been a thinker that way. Um, so translating that type of mindset to managing your finances and saving for long term, it just kind of I don't know, it, it fit with my personality. Um uh, and, and thinking in the longer five year, 10 year increments for where you're trying to go.
0: You know, there's a lot there's a lot there, Jesse. And you know, <laughs> you know, I just wanted you to go, man, because I, I feel <laughs> like, you know, you, you have such a great story to tell. And I, I love what you said around coming from a a foundation of feeling cheap but just really finding security and for you to breathe now and and have the fact that you have this amass this net worth you have options yeah um the the one piece that you talked about jesse was you were very intentional Mm and describing not only your budgeting system with with your wife using um YNAB, which is for the listeners, that's you need a budget for. For those that are haven't even budgeted, that's you know, definitely a plug that you know at least it's working for Jesse and, and his yep. and his family. Um, but it also, tra- you know, those habits have translated. You know, even professionally speaking, I'm curious what your thoughts are when people don't have plans in place, they don't make that intentionality made they they allow life to happen, right? H- how do you either coach or even share even amongst your your inner circle on changing changing that type of behavior
1: yeah and i think i think the first place you start is just understanding like what you really want like what you really want right because um so much of it for me is like you work you end up Getting a job, you didn't get making more money than you ever thought. For me, I felt like I gotta make the most out of this because I don't know anybody that makes this much money. So I need to make the most out of this. And here's what I want. So for people who it's 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 your career, it's your it's your family. It's like what what things do you want to build? And how do I I really have a problem with owing people. Like, I just don't like to owe people stuff. And so that is one of the things that pushed me of like being in control of what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. Um, and, and to me, as far as coaching people to realize that is like the first thing is you can change what you see around you. And I think that's the first thing of people that are in that cycle. Is they actually don't think you can change it. And it's like, no, you you can change this. Um, it's not gonna be overnight, but you can do it. So I think that's that's the first thing. Um, the next thing though is is accepting that it's not easy, right? Like, um, what was the nice thing about me doing that in my early 20s? Well, everybody was broke. I'll admit, as a married man at 35, it would be a lot harder to do and buy the things that I bought in my early twenties. Now that I'm married in 35, that is with, with a two year old and a wife that's 23 weeks pregnant. Like I said, you can't, you can't do that the same way. Um, it takes a lot more, uh, uh, patience and communication to say like, this is important. We need to do this. Um, so, so that's kind of how I would go about it. And I, I'm about and, th- and it might be the engineer me like building something for yourself and having something. Um, And, you know, you, you where you are financially, let's just say you never get the million dollars. Let's just say you never get to passive income at a minimum. You can get to. I don't owe anybody. You can get to that at, a, at the minimum you can get to, I can pay all my bills and pay for some things that I want. And so I think uh, starting there, and that's where it gets to like, that's one of the things I don't talk about that often, but me and my wife talk about a lot. It's like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You're going to need food, shelter. You need all these things in place before you can even understand the other parts of what I'm talking about. So I would say it's like, kind of start in that order like you start building security you start making sure you're in a nice safe place to live you start making sure like you're taking care of these needs and start building up your skills right because part of it is do you have a skill that somebody's willing to pay you seventy thousand dollars for if not maybe look into a trade look into uh, things that you can do to help you grow income and i know the first thing people will say is I don't want X, Y, Z job that I know how to do, but that's not fun. Um, and I'll say like, there's parts of my job that's not fun and parts of my job that I didn't I didn't think I would have to do. Um, but I mean, that's why it's a job. I don't know. This is where I'm getting to be an old man, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a it's a means to an end. Like your, your job is designed that you get cash to then convert the cash to assets. And after you have the assets, you can then not work for cash anymore. So that's how that goes. It just happens to take. Let's just say it takes 10 years before you even realize what's happening. It takes 20 years and you're like happy. And the majority of people is going to take you 30, 35 years to do it. Like that's just average income. It takes that long unless somehow you're able to save you know, 50%, 40, 50% of your income. Um Anyway, that's my whole spiel on that.
0: But No, you know, I, I love that one piece. I I, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. And you, you talked about, you know, Maslow's theory. I think there's this element of lifestyle inflation that, you know, people tend to have. And I loved your piece around, you know, another excuse that folks will have around, you know, whether it be not accepting another job is, I oh, I don't have the time, yeah, right? And I feel like, you know, the one aspect is like if you're budgeting, you can only cut your budget to a certain level. Exactly. But the one thing you, the one thing that you can limit is your income potential. So whether it be house hacking, whether it be you know uh, side gigs or side projects or even starting a business or a course, like there's other elements out there that you
1: well can... and and Justin as a is a entrepreneur. You you have a podcast. You have a family. You know how this works. A nine to five is easier than being an entrepreneur and hustling. Like you show up to work your boss has all the clients your boss has all the book of work for you you don't have to go get that like that's there you show up at a certain time your check comes every two weeks or every month or whatever um so being an employee there's certain perks to work in 12 hours a day and i think that's where i'm not saying one is better than the other what i am saying is if you're aware of the benefits of what you have, uh, it makes it a lot easier to, to self-assess and make a plan for what you want to do. Um, and, and Cause I think, you know, don't be fooled in thinking you don't like your nine to five when maybe you just don't like to work. Like <laughs> that might just be it. And that's okay. It, just know that about yourself before you end up like screwing up what you have, that's actually working for you. So And it's all work. Like building skills is work. I feel like the people that we all watch that are good, it took them like a decade or more to build those skills, man. Like they didn't just wake up one day and go viral. Like they are, you know, masters at their craft of what they do. So.
0: Yeah, and I think it starts, you know, I I think what Jesse's referencing is, you know, many of our alumni that are on the, the finance space that have, you know, quit their W-2 work to pursue entrepreneurship, it, it has taken them time. But I think the the key piece, Jesse, that you're hitting on is that, you know, they identified the why and what works for them. Exactly. And found a way to monetize it to, to live their lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so I, I want to circle back because, you know, th- this whole episode is around saving um mm-hmm. and you really hit a chord with me with the lifestyle piece when you're in houston and you saw bmws <laughs> fly from the sky i didn't realize that texas was just giving away uh german cars but <laughs> it looks
1: like it to me man it's like i don't know where everybody was like leasing them but it's felt like maybe because i was living in the galleria area at the time um but yeah man it's like uh like you know you see range rovers bmws and then you just go i had a couple friends yeah you can't get the 745 so you get the 328 but then maybe you can get that m3 Ooh, if you can get that m3 that's what you want and uh yeah i think not not doing that it it can be difficult when you have peers that are are doing it but i think uh for some of my seeing some of my peers that actually did get the m3s like i would say some of them were like who seven ten years ahead of me career wise, and so that's when I was like, okay, like if I sit down right now and stack my money, and I always had a problem. I didn't want to have such an expensive car and not own a house. Like I at least knew that much, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, let me kind of get my stuff in order. And then I just ended up, and this is the benefit to having goals in your career to build your skills. Is I got busy with work assignments that some of that stuff I didn't have too much time to worry about. Um, because you just get into it and then you just like, I don't care. I go to work, I come home, like, I'm good.
0: So you know, I, I put up on Twitter recently it was a poll. It was uh what what's worse? I can afford that payment or I deserve it. <laughs> I think
1: uh I think I can afford that payment. Is worse. I don't know. I they'll stretch that sucker out to ninety six months if you let them. Uh, <laughs> ninety six <laughs> months about, yeah. and and ten uh, percent on a car. You know,
0: it's difficult to find because I, I feel like with with lifestyle inflation. I f you know, I I feel that if, if, if an M3 or, you know, whatever plug luxury item here, if that fits in your value system, but it but you have your financial operation in order, I feel like I, I can give you a little bit of leeway. But for folks that are, you know, literally living paycheck to paycheck, not having intentionality, not having a plan. Yeah. Um you know that could be really scary.
1: Well and I'll say this too, Justin like the problem is is if you buy stuff like that, but then you also complain about your job. That's the thing. Like if you if you buy stuff like that and you love what you do and you are singing praises for your job and you're happy and content doing what you do, I have nothing to say. But like if you buy all that stuff and you complain about your job all the time and you talk about how you going to quit and how they should have gave you this and they didn't or somebody should have did this and they didn't, um, you buying that is making you work there longer right like that's not helping you, uh and so to me that's that's what people need to see and i think knowing how to do the math is i think one thing that i was good at like yeah, have, obviously have a background in math being an engineer and being able to run the numbers of if i buy this that means i'm working another three years or if i buy this you know and i think um speaking of what's the significance of a million dollar portfolio the significance of a million dollar portfolio is the time it takes to like double and triple that, right? So, like if you're at a hundred thousand and it doubles every seven years, you know what I mean? It's going to take you a while to get to a million dollars versus if you had a 1.5 and just thinking seven years, you're at three million dollars or five years, you know what I mean? Depending on what the interest rates do in the market, but let's just call it seven. Um, that's amazing like it took you let's just say it took you 20 years to get to a million but then from one to two it takes you seven like that's freaking crazy and that's the power of compound interest and so when you're young when you make these purchases that's taken away from income for you to grow your investments uh and i think one of the things that i would everybody doesn't want to do this but I would challenge people is not saying no to the luxury stuff, but give yourself an asset milestone. Like give yourself like, hey, I'm going to go buy this house and then I'll get this car. Or I'm going to go have this much money in my index fund portfolio. Or I'm going to go have, you know, this many rental properties and the cash flow from the rental properties will pay for my, you know, Range Rover. Um, If you play games like that, You'll never be behind because you're only using your investments to pay for your fun, and when you start doing that, like it motivates you to to win with the assets, and then you you'll never be behind.
0: You know, one thing I was going to ask you, Jesse, uh, being an engineer, um, and uh, you know, I have a finance degree, and you know, we're money nerds, right? So, so for us, the math is easy. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, how do you talk to someone that? You know, the math, it it just doesn't impact them that much, but they do have the intention of preserving a million dollars, whatever it is. But the math, like even though you can show them the math, it doesn't really affect or impact them within the moment. How do you talk them through
1: that? So to me, it's like, I think what works is like stuff that we do on Twitter or stuff we do in person. Like to tell somebody like 13 years ago, I was a broke college student. Like, I did not have this much money, but through education, through applying myself in my job, through taking opportunities that were provided to me through my employer, I was able to grow my skills, save my money and leverage the opportunities I had to build this portfolio. And so when you say it that way and you realize people realize you're a real person, like you were able to navigate the system and accomplish this, they start to think they could do it too. Cause then you, they look at you and they're like, you're not anything special and you were able to do this. I think I'm better than you. I could definitely do that. Um, so to me, stuff like that is what I've seen motivate people, especially when it's people that like know you are people that look at you and just be like, that boy ain't got no million dollars. I think he, like, no, no way. Um and, and, I think it has to be like that. It has to be personal. And it has to, uh, you know, be like a one-on-one kind of thing or somebody being able to see themselves in your story. And I think then you're able to, uh, get people to maybe want to change one or two habits that they have.
0: Yeah. I think the one thing is, you know, how do we make it real within their, within their life, within their window? Um, and I'm curious too, you know you mentioned you know you've been very open and transparent about your net worth. Uh, have you Have you had the similar experience in in your real life like your friends and family? do they know that and what are yeah those so
1: I are? think uh, so it's weird right because it's one of those things like before I did it, like me and my wife had a conversation about it like do we do it, do we not? Um, but I felt like honestly like people that are there for you that love you, it's not gonna change those relationships. Um, if there was somebody that was trying to use you for X, Y, Z, they're going to do that anyway. So that didn't matter. So, um, I, th- overall, what I would say is what I have seen is more recognition that I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to vanished money, right? Cause we all have people that we know that love to invest in the next hot stock. They want to find the next Amazon, the next Apple, the next penny stock, the next Bitcoin, and so when I say like I invest in index fund, they're like, oh yeah, that's great. And you're like, I got 1.5 million in index funds. Then they're like, you did that with it? No, that's not just it. It's like, yeah, there's all index funds. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, you must have like, I don't know what you did, but you must have done something. You timed the market. I was like, no, I didn't time the market. And it's like, it just opens all these questions, right? Cause if you watch Mad Money, and you watch MSNBC or, you know, all these things. You think that you need to make, be making all these crazy trades. And it's like, uh, the game is making more money and buying more shares. And that's what I did. Um, And so it, it, um, yeah, it, it's one of those, a lot of people still don't believe it. Like they feel like, oh, you know, Jesse, you, you got to do something else. Uh, but I, I do think as far as my relationship, it did kind of like, okay, like, at least Jesse has a bit of business sense about him uh, to be able to do this. So I think that's kind of what what it's done. And then uh, some people are just surprised, like even for me as a nine to five guy that, uh, you know, 2020 COVID that I had a, a Gumroad ebook, uh 3,900 Twitter followers, and I'm just a normal guy because it's one of those things you think is like. People don't do, but it's like, no. Nah, that's that's kind of what what you can do so I think they kind of there's a bit of pride I think too like it's happy and excited and uh surprised that somebody you know is doing these things so
0: so I guess the the million dollar question I have for you is you know what is next you know, I, 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 do you want to be an engineer for 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 a while or do you have you know an element of fire in you? What does that mean to you?
1: Right. Uh, so I think I will always be working on something. Um, it, whether that's engineering, I, I don't think I'll be in corporate America forever, so that's for sure. Um, but what else is on the horizon? I mean, I would like to see myself be a content creator. Or I fancy that I would like to do that. Uh, once I put the floor in for what I'm making and doing. I, I would love to talk to people. I would love to um, do financial coaching because I think I do have uh, a passion for helping people understand how money works. Because uh, I see a lot of people who don't realize that if you just change a few things, it's, it's like 20% of the things you need to change to get 80% of the results. It really is. It's a couple small things where you need to put your energy into And once you do that, you'll see things take off. So uh, for me, I I see myself wanting to do something uh, in that area in the future. But when, that's a that's a good question. I don't know right now. Like, I don't know. I got got these babies coming. I just
0: (laughs) we'll see. Well, you definitely have your hands full, and um, you, d- you definitely have a friend in me because I think you know for Jesse and I, you know, we're in the same demographic, you know, trying to achieve financial independence and also figure out, you know, how to be a husband, how to be a father, you exactly, know, throughout the process. But I think you know really what Jesse hit on, and you know, hopefully, what you as a listener are figuring out is that um, creates some form of habit structure, but also find your why. I think there's, you know, in the simplicity that Jesse had. Really doing it for only a third of his life, he's amassed this. So I, I think the biggest piece, especially for any investor, is patience.
1: Yes, sir. I agree with that. It's patience and just trust in the process. Um, I, I remember when I get really excited, you know, say you get a bonus or you work really hard on a project and then you're able to go take that money and put it in the market. I was more happy about that than I was the thought of buying a new car, which sounds ridiculous uh, to, I know a lot of people maybe, but for me, it was just that concept of I'm buying time. And so that's how I looked at my, that's how I still look at investing, which is why I have a hard time not doing it, is every time I buy these shares, I'm buying time back for what I want to do, right? So you're looking at like, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm getting this time from, 40 to whenever or whatever that I can choose to do what I want to do. And I will say this, the more assets you build, it's in some ways your job bothers you less (laughs) because you know the opportunity that it's providing for you. And you know that like, Oh, if I really wanted to go, I could, but I'm here because I like the people or I'm here because uh, it keeps me busy, whatever that thing is. Um, you might be able to appreciate more, appreciate it more when you start instituting some fire principles, uh, behind, you know, building assets with your income.
0: So, uh, I love that, Jesse. I I think the, the aspect that you shared is, you know, you are buying time. That is the one resource that you can't buy, nor can you, you know, try to strive for. So, um, that's such a, a good way, man, to wrap, um, you know, tell people where, where they could find if you know if they have questions or you know want to reach out man you know feel yes, sure
1: sir. Well, they can always find me on twitter you can find me on twitter my twitter handle is at almost vested um i'm also on instagram by the same handle at almost vested um yeah my dms are always open on both channels so uh if you have anything for me um uh, just send me a note this year has been kind of crazy um Still looking to grow the Twitter account and probably have some new content coming soon um, on the financial education front. So look out
0: for that. Yeah. And soon we will be seeing the $2 million milestone for Jesse.
1: (laughs) I know it's coming quick, man. Like I was like, I feel like yesterday I was at 900,000. Now we're at 1.5. So uh, coming out of COVID, I think helped a lot of people's portfolios. Yeah.
0: So... (laughs) Remember, your time horizon is long, guys. So yeah, you know, <laughs> just just start. If you if you're curious about investing, look at Jesse, man. Just start. Yeah, and uh, I will say, like, uh, I have some
1: canaries, and I'm fortunate to work with guys. I have another guy that I work with. He's in his mid 40s. So I talked to him about index funds, and he was happy that I was talking to him about it. He's like, Jesse, you sound just like me. I was doing the same thing when I was your age. Um, so I say all that because the consensus among all of us is the first 10 years are boring as hell. They are very boring. It looks like nothing is happening, but the key is to trust in compound interest and leave it alone. Like don't touch it. Don't sell it 10 years. And once you start to see, you know, a lot of people use that hundred thousand dollar milestone. That's one of them. But, um, you know if you do let's just say 10 years and a hundred thousand dollars
0: magic starts to happen
1: after that uh, with it just growing right before your eyes so that's right that's right yes,
0: maybe, maybe we do an episode two on the rule of 72 you alluded a little bit to it today uh, with yeah like, e well, money, so.
1: exactly man that rule of 72 I, I do so much calculator math like what the market do today That okay
0: <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> save we're gonna save it for an episode two brother
1: <laughs> yes sir
0: Uh, well, Jesse, man, appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to get more episodes in the future and I'll definitely put all your info in the show notes, man. So again, brother, appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, Justin.